Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and this is our Week 16 Bears-Chiefs preview show. Here with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, I'm just a couple of days away from seeing you. We're just planning some uh, festivities here right before we went live, but how have you been? I've been pretty good, Will. Uh, I'm glad that uh, at the high school I'm working at, tomorrow's our last day. We go on break, and obviously you'll be here in a couple of days. We'll go to the game, so... Yeah, I'm excited for what's to come in the next couple of days. Me too. Uh, some unofficial plans, but I'm going to say them because if I put them out into the world, they're going to happen. Uh, we're going to meet up for lunch at Flo and Santos in downtown Chicago, the closest Soldier Field, around 3 p.m. Just going to put it out there in the podcast, just in case anyone listening wants to potentially meet up. You know, no reason to you know RSVP or let us know. Just stop on by. See Nick and I, come say hey. We'll have some other members of our team. And Jonathan, the winner of our raffle, may end up showing up as well. But Nick, uh, like I said, we have only two preview shows left here in 2019. I think you and I both agree that a few months ago, we're hoping that these preview shows would have had a little bit more meaning. But it is what it is. Regardless, you ready to kind of dive in? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, we have two left. It's bittersweet, but yeah, we wish it had a little bit more meaning, like you said. All right. So looking at the Chiefs, they had a strong 4-0 start to the season, and then they lost four of their next six. But they've picked up their play as of late. They're on another four-game winning streak. And since the biggest challenge this week when I'm looking at Kansas City is slowing down that offense that ranks fifth in yards, fourth in points scored, I really think uh, we just need to begin our preview by taking a look at that Bears defense. And let's take a look at a former MVP Patrick Mahomes, he's not blowing up defenses like he did a year ago, but he's still playing at a very high level. He's completing over 65% of his throws. He has 23 touchdowns and a passer rating of 106 on the year. And even though these numbers are slightly down from last season, a couple of notes. A, they're not by a lot besides the touchdowns. And B, one area where Mahomes actually has improved is ball security. Only four interceptions this year. He threw 12 all of last season, and he's been picked off on less than 1% of his throws this year. And don't forget, he's a threat with his legs too. So Nick, Mahomes, 
He's a quarterback that you studied a lot heading into that 2017 draft. You actually had the Bears, uh, you had mocked to the Bears, Mahomes going to that third overall pick, and then people kind of you know gave you a little bit of flack about it. And I mean that's that's hearsay. That's a long time ago. Not really the point of this conversation. But what I'm trying to establish here is that you know him pretty well, and even following him, he is a quarterback that you do like in this league. So you want to go ahead and explain all the challenges that Mahomes is going to bring on Sunday night. Yeah, so there's just so much that Mahomes does well, and he's done it now up, you know, two really good seasons so far. And I think the biggest threat for Patrick Mahomes and what really scares, uh, you know, even the defensive coordinator for the Bears, Chuck Magano, is just some of the off-platform, you know, throws that a lot of quarterbacks can't make where you're outside the pocket, on the run, and then it's just pure arm talent pure ability where he's able to fit a ball into a tight window or just hit a receiver a receiver in stride that's what Mahomes brings and he does it consistently so as a defensive coordinator as a defensive player you maybe have the perfect defense to guard any play that you know Mahomes is maybe attempting but it's just when he can extend a play is able to find an open receiver, which he's very good at as well, and then have the throw in the only spot that it can be in, that's what Patrick Mahomes can do, and he can do it consistently. So, it like like I said, Pagano's going to have a tough time in this one just because of all the things that you know Patrick Mahomes can do on a consistent basis. But I think that's the number one thing where you may have something dialed up perfectly, blitz him, it's supposed to work, He'll find a way, even if he has to throw the ball with his left hand. I mean, he's done everything <laughs> that you can possibly ask out of a quarterback. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. And more, and he's just so young, so it's just, uh, he's just a very special player, but he's going to cause a lot of problems for this Bears defense, and for any defense, when you really look at it, he's not his MVP season, but he's still a fantastic football player. He surely is. And, you know, for someone who was on the cover of Madden, he's put together, you know, he had the one injury to his knee, but outside of that, he's been putting together a very strong season. Nick, putting you in the spot here, and what's used this year, so 2019, this season specifically, not the whole entire careers of the quarterbacks, but is Mahomes the best QB we face this year or will be facing this season? Ooh, okay. Now kind of looking at the schedule here and just trying to see, um, you know what? I think up until this point, obviously Aaron Rodgers is a guy, but he wasn't really good in both the games that you know he played in, against the Bears. So I would have to agree that Patrick Mahomes is probably the best quarterback because you don't face a Drew Brees this season. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, and yes, he's been having a really good season after that Bears game. Derek Carr, and yeah, I would have to say that Patrick Mahomes is the the biggest threat at the quarterback position. Because, again, I think these last stretch of games that they're winning, they're they're playing a little bit better than they were during some of the stretches of the season. So I would have to say so because, again, it's not just from the pocket where Patrick Mahomes can destroy you because he's shown that consistently. It's when he gets outside the pocket is making those off-scripted plays where, again, he's proven that he can really hurt a defense. 
Yeah, no, this is an offense with Mahomes, you know, at the helm that uh, they're really sound in their scheme. They know exactly what they're trying to do. Mahomes has the playmakers to get this done, and they just have big play capability. I know they struggle in the red zone, but they still score, I think, on the second most percent of the drives. I have the stats here later on my notes, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. But a very dangerous offense, and Mahomes is a very dangerous QB. And you said it right, Nick. Even if the Bears do everything right on any given play, Mahomes can find that one weakness, that one area that he can exploit and get the job done. But taking that into account, I want to know if you're Chuck Pagano, what can the Bears do or what should they do to at least hope to slow him down? Or I would use the word contain him because slow him down or stop seems pretty much impossible. Yeah, it does seem pretty much impossible. And it really is hard to kind of, uh, you know, do that to Patrick Mahomes. But a good way to kind of maybe mitigate the damage is to kind of look at what who is his number one target, and that is Travis Kelsey. So if the Bears want to maybe limit the damage that Mahomes can do, try to take away that guy that's just been a consistent target for Mahomes all season. He's got he targeted 122 times on the season, Travis Kelsey, 86 receptions, and he completely went off against the Denver Broncos last week in the snow. That might, if you could take away maybe those throws over the middle the plays where maybe it's not a big gain but it's another first down that can maybe limit what Mahomes is do limit his time on the field but I think that's like the number one kind of way and look the the Patriots they played him a couple weeks ago that's what they try to kind of do they always try to take away the opponent's best target and argue you can argue that's maybe Tyreek Hill as well but I think for the Bears to have the most success on defense it's going to be a tough matchup but it's probably going to be taking away Kelsey that will affect a little bit how Mahomes can play. Yeah, I totally agree. It's really it's gonna be interesting because on one hand I'm quite fearful of what Mahomes can do. On the other hand, this Bears defense is you know besides a couple of drives and a couple of plays in most of these games, they've been a, doing a pretty darn good job too of slowing down you know most offenses, including their passing attacks. So we'll see exactly how uh, the Bears stack up, and we'll talk about a few matchups here later on throughout this preview. Uh, before we move on, we're going to look at what Kansas City can or maybe can't do on the ground. We do need to call a quick timeout to let you know about our show sponsor, Wrigleyville Sports. Wrigleyville Sports is one of the premier Chicago sports merchandise stores in the city, and their goal is to bring the city of Chicago team gear happiness directly to the fans. So if you're looking for any of the latest Bears gear, they have it. They have hats, they have sunglasses, you have t-shirts, you have jerseys. Uh, make sure to check out WrigleyvilleSports.com. They also have quite that holiday selection of merch. I mentioned Bears ornaments. They have some awesome Chicago Bears gift tags. And on top of this, we can get you 15% off and free shipping on your entire order. And all you need to do is use our promo code AUDIBLE. Uh, A-U-D-I-B-L-E. And again, this unlocks you 15% off and free shipping on any order of $25 or more at WrigleyvilleSports.com. All right, now getting back to business, the vast majority of Kansas City's success comes through the air. And the Chiefs, they tend to struggle running the football. They're 27th in attempts, 25th in rush yards, and 22nd in yards per attempt, which sits at an even four. LaShawn McCoy, the 31-year-old, he's at the top of the pecking order in this backfield. He's averaging only 35 yards per game. Damian Williams, is he's the second guy up. Uh, he's also heavily utilized in his offense, heavily in terms of at least running backs, I would say. He averages... 
34 yards per game and 3.7 yards per attempt. And we know entering the week that the Bears' defense is very good at stopping the run, but they aren't as dominant as they were a year ago, but still a team that can get the job done. So when I'm looking at the Chiefs' offense, the last thing I feel like we need to worry about is this run game. I believe the Bears should be able uh, to make sure it doesn't become a factor. But, Nick, what about you? Do you see either back really presenting us with some major challenges? And if so, how can the Bears take care of business? Yeah, I don't see it being a big factor. And when you look at this Chiefs offense, they just, like you said, don't really like to run the football. In a game last week against the Denver Broncos where it's snowing, some of the the center for the Chiefs, I read an article, couldn't even see 15 yards downfield because of how much snow was falling. They still decided to pass, go more with the pass than the run. They had 34 attempts passing and only 25 rushing. So they would rather pass the ball instead of actually rush the football. So I really don't see it being too much of a factor. But I think the Bears are probably going to go lighter on the defensive side, meaning probably go nickel-dime packages because they do know that the Chiefs are more pass-heavy. So that could open up the opportunity for the Chiefs to run the football. so But with that, I think the Bears having Akeem Hicks back, who has another week of just kind of conditioning, getting better, I think they'll do an, you know a pretty good job of containing their two running backs because, again, they are a team that will favor the pass more. And I think going into this matchup, I think Andy Reid has got to like some of the passing kind of uh, matchups that he likes, especially with those linebackers against, like we just mentioned earlier, Travis Kelsey. But I really don't expect the rushing game for the Chiefs to be a huge factor into why the Bears defense isn't able to get off the field. More so it's going to be like Mahomes, like we just talked about. Right. I think the one area that we didn't just, I'm just going to say it to say I said it at least is the Bears, as long as they make sure that the Chiefs don't run this ball, uh, you know, better than they have all season, we'll be fine. Don't make this another strength because if you give this offense the ability to run this football and you have to honor it and respect it and plan for it throughout this game, you're just going to make Mahomes' job so much easier, and that's the last thing that you want to do in this game. And a quick aside, Nick, you ever just bite your tongue, and every time you talk, it's all you do is hit that same spot over and over again? I bit it in the intro, and now I can't get it to stop. I feel like whenever you have that happen, it consistently happens throughout the day, and it won't happen any other day, of course, but yes, it's always the same spot. And it's just nagging and it hurts. But, yeah, I feel you on that one. It feels like my tongue is, like, fat. So every time I'm trying to use, like, (laughs) certain syllables, I'm like, oh, and it hurts. So I'm like, yikes. But moving on, just want to let you know that I'm powering through. Not really. But uh, now I said we want to talk about some matchups here. And this is an offense that no matter where you look, uh, every nook and cranny, they have a playmaker on this offense. Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, Tyreek Hill, you can't sleep on Nicole Hardman as well. So, Nick, I mean, there's a lot of matchups, and we haven't even talked about maybe some up front in the trenches that we need to kind of mention. But do you have a couple of matchups that you have on your tabs for better or maybe in our case worse? You know, obviously Travis Kelsey is a huge problem for this Bears defense because of their inside linebackers. And even though Nick Kukowski, Kevin Pierre-Lewis have been playing better, uh, it's still going to be a tough matchup regardless of who they would have had at the linebacker position. But I'm really looking at Sammy Watkins and possibly, and actually Prince Mukamura came up on the injury report today, I think with the same hamstring. So whoever that player is that's going to be on like a speedster like a Sammy Watkins or obviously a Tyreek Hill – That's something you have to be worried about because the Chiefs will take plenty of deep shots. And we all know that Patrick Mahomes has 
a incredible arm. So there's no doubt that he's going to be able to get the ball downfield. So I'm looking at that position. If it is Prince of Mukamura, I have a problem with that. If it is a Kevin Tolliver, I know he played pretty well uh, just in the spots that he's had to you know fill in, but I'm still worried about that position. So that's something that if Travis Kelsey's not killing you over the middle on just the, the routes that are going right in the middle between the safeties and the linebackers, there's the next option that you have to really worry about. Just the Chiefs offensive players taking it over the top, just kind of outrunning these Bears DBs and just gaining big plays. Because the Bears, if they're giving up big plays, Will, I don't see this being like a close matchup at all. We were kind of talking about what this could be before we went live on the podcast. But if that's happening, it's not going to you know bode well for the Bears defense. But I'm watching Sammy Watkins and whoever that corner is opposite of Kyle Fuller. Yeah, uh, so for me, starting with Kelsey here, because you hit on him, yeah, linebackers, that's going to be a big matchup, like you said, because the R guys are serviceable, they're very good. However, Travis Kelsey is elite, and that's a very tough matchup. It doesn't matter even they put Ejax on him. You put Eddie Jackson on him. I mean, that's still a tough matchup for Eddie, but I can see him using that uh, from time to time. And don't forget, one-third of Travis Kelsey's snaps come in the slot. So you can look at a buster screen here as well. They're going to line them up all over, and they're going to find the matchup they like, and they're going to go for it, especially with someone like Travis Kelsey who gets you know, all the balls that are thrown his way. And a big key with Travis Kelsey is tackling because he's great at breaking tackles, avoiding contact, fighting through contact. He leads the team in yards after catch because he's just a true fighter out there. And you're talking about the Bears secondary. Got Kyle Fuller uh, on the opposite team. Of course, you have his brother, Kendall, and we'll talk about him here later on as well. However, you have Kyle Fuller, Buster Screen, Prince of Mukamara, and or Kevin Tolliver. Nick, I'm going to say it now. I don't want to see Prince of Mukamara in this game. I didn't want to see him out there versus the Packers. Obviously, that hamstring is not 100%. To me, it's a little suspect that he wasn't on the injury report early in the week, and now it's back up there. I know he's going and battling through it, but now it seems like they're giving him the out to not play instead of, quote, benching him. They can use that hamstring as a excuse, I would say, to at least put in Kevin Tolliver. So I would vote Kevin Tolliver, who, again, uh, to me, he plays more physical. He plays a little bit faster, and I think that's your better matchup. He's taller. He has more range. And, again, some of these taller, lengthier receivers that Kansas City has with all their speed, I think that's the better play for the Bears. Are you in the same agreement here? Yeah, so, you know, it's not only the better play because I think Kevin Tolliver is right now, because he's healthy and Prince of Mukamara obviously is not, not only is that a better option, but what – there's nothing really left to play for other than to evaluate some of the younger players on this roster. So why yep. not give a guy like Tolliver some more opportunities against this is some high competition, some of the better competition you'll face in the league, some of the better offense you will. So this should be an opportunity to get te- Kevin Tolliver those reps. Um, so I think this would be a game where, you know what? Look, they put him on, they put Prince of Mukamara on the injury list. Maybe obviously just some, you know, uh, excuse like you said, but I think it's just a smart idea for the Bears to not only do it at this position, but other positions, you know, just on this team right now to give guys more opportunities. But I completely agree with you. I'd want to see Kevin Tolliver out there. Maybe he gets burned a couple times, but hey, he has to go up against the highest competition and the Chiefs are, you know, a pretty good team at kind of bringing the best out of everybody. It was a year ago when they brought in Kevin Tolliver, and we saw him in training camp. And, of course, coming in as an undrafted free agent rookie, 
we kind of instantly thought this could be a Prince of Mukamara replacement down the road. Nick, we're getting down the road. We've been traveling for a little while here, and I'm actually been very pleased with what I've seen out of him so far, Tolliver, in his limited role so far this season when he's been able to start. And if this is a guy where you can take these next two games, and of course this week's a big test, next week against Minnesota will be another test, uh, depending on if the Kirk Cousin that usually plays the Bears shows up or not. But regardless, you can get Kevin Tolliver two games that's a really good example and a sample of what he can be. And that may give the Bears just enough to completely move on from him, Prince Mukamara, who's only getting older, only getting slower, only getting more injury prone. And again, he's a really great guy off the field. But when we're looking at bettering this defense for the long haul, I think Kevin Tolliver is making a lot of sense right now. So to give him that opportunity, like you said, makes a lot of sense. But getting back into other matchups, uh, I'm looking at Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins versus Buster Screen. Uh, 50% of Hill's snaps are in the slot. 60% of Sammy Watkins's snaps are in the slot. And a little over 50% of their combined receptions this year come in the slot. So you're going to see a lot of targets going towards Buster Screen this week. And I know he gave up that one touchdown to Devontae Adams last week. Uh, so that just gives me a little bit more fearful with some guys like the speed of a Tyreek Hill. Heck, don't even forget about, like I said, that rookie wide receiver, a Hardman. He has elite speed. He's a guy who can get behind a defense just like a Hill and Hardman's on a pretty good roll. It seems like over the last few weeks, he's been coming down with a few big plays. I think he had like an 83 some odd yarder against the Raiders. If I'm not mistaken, uh, do you have any other matchups in your mind for me? I mean, again, it's an easy one. You can point at any playmaker maker and say why they're going to be a problem. Yeah. I mean, they're all guys that, again, I think the common thing with a lot of these chiefs players is that speed element and I think that just gives opposing defenses a bunch of problems. But, yeah, I think those are going to be the big ones coming into this game. And I really just expect – like Matt Nagy is obviously got, gets a lot of his offensive philosophy, his, his schemes from Andy Reid just doesn't know how to execute him quite as well as we've all come to see this season. But I really think they're just going to utilize you know Travis Kelsey throughout this entirety of the game because that's where the biggest weakness on the Bears is at the middle linebacker – or the linebacker position – I wouldn't be surprised if you see maybe more big die or big nickel where you have mm. a Dion Bush maybe instead of a if a Buster screen in there just to guard maybe a Travis Kelsey who likes to play out of primarily the slot or I think that would make a lot of sense. I thought the Bears would do that last week uh, against Green Bay just because of Aaron Jones and his element of just being an impact in the receiving game, but that could be an option. And again, you're giving an opportunity to Dion Bush who can still a young player and you have Ha Clint Dix who this is obviously one year deal. Why not give these guys more opportunities? It just makes sense to me. You can get a little bit more creative. Um, I know I didn't answer your question about more matchups, but I just think that's that's what you should maybe do if you're Chuck Pagano going into this game. Experiment a little bit more with some of your younger players. Well, speaking of experimenting, let's look at this uh, matchups in the trenches. Uh, I don't get too confident when I'm looking down there, at least for uh, pass rush productivity, uh, right tackle Schwartz, he's allowed one sack all year. Their left tackle Fisher, he's played in six games, but he hasn't allowed a single sack and only 10 pressures. Uh, very sound at tackle is the short answer of if looking at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, maybe their weakness is uh, their left guard and their center, looking at Wiley and uh, Reeder. Uh, it's sad because I don't know if the Bears have the talent to really win in the interior of the defensive line, uh, but together these two have allowed five sacks, 20 pressures, uh, 10 penalties. That's still very good 
That's just the weakest they have, and they've had injuries up front all year. They've been pulling guys, you know, uh, signing guys to the roster, having them start, but they're all playing very good, at least with pass protection. I know running is a little bit of a different uh, narrative, but they don't really run the football enough for it to really bother me here. Do you have any matchups or just any concerns about the Bears' ability to get pressure? Because I don't see how they're going to find any. Yeah, even, you know, if, like, there was a glaring weakness on this Kansas City offensive line, which I don't really think there is, I don't know if I have, like like you, I don't think I have faith with the guys that they, the Bears do have, and that's including Cleo Mack, that's including Akeem Hicks, that's, I guess you could throw Leonard Floyd in there, because there hasn't been consistent pass rush against any opponent. Any opponent. I know Akeem Hicks did actually get to Rodgers a couple times, and, you know, for being injured for the time that he was, he made some impact plays, but collectively as a unit i don't really see it happening you look uh just looking at the stats right now of the kansas city chiefs they're tied for 24th in sacks given up and that's 24 sacks and then you look at then you look at maybe what about quarterback hits they've given up 67 which is still tied for that's 25th or 24th again so they don't even give up a lot of those as well so Can I chime this in a, here real quick? Because one other right on top of that is don't forget they had more at quarterback for a while this year, and that's where a lot of those sacks and those hits come from. It's not Mahomes who can avoid the pressure. Yeah, so you count factor that in there. We That would probably, again, l- reduce the number mm-hmm. that's really happening on the QB hits and the sacks. So, And what really helps him not get sacked, obviously mobility, getting out the ball quick, but it is Andy Reid and what he's drawing up for Patrick Mahomes and knowing that Patrick Patrick Mahomes knows how to execute the play. That's why you're not going to get as much sacks, as much QB hits, because, again, you have a quarterback that is capable of running the offense to the degree that Andy Reid wants him to. So it's a tough matchup. It is, Will, honestly. As good as this defense has been all season long, not giving up a lot of points, they have not been good whatsoever at getting pressure, and I don't really have – um, you know, full confidence that any of these guys are going to be able to do it consistently on Sunday night. And if you did, I would have you check your temperature to make sure you're feeling okay as well. So <laughs> I'm glad that you're on board. Uh, one last thing before we kind of get into who has the edge here and all the other odds and ends. Uh, I just want to know, you know, we talked about Mahomes and how he's dangerous. Not a lot of uh, areas to worry about when it comes to their rushing game. We, we know they have playmakers all over the field. Do you have a game plan <laughs> if you're Chuck Magano? <laughs> it's tough. To me, when I'm looking at this offense, it's seriously like riding a bull. You just got to grab it by the horns and hold on for dear life. And I don't think bull riding, they grab the bulls by the horns, by the way. <laughs> just using an analogy here. But honestly, you just hold on for dear life is the best way I can explain this one. You know what? We've seen uh, what obviously this Bears can't do when they don't bring pressure. And with a guy like Mahomes, he's going to tear a defense apart. He really is. So I honestly think the Bears, and this is going to sound crazy, they do have to blitz him and get that ball out quicker than he would like to because they're not generating a pass rush with their four, with their front four. They're not. Uh, Cleo Mack, Leonard Floyd, Hicks, whoever else you want to put in there, they're just not getting to the quarterback. You need to construct and make this pressure come from different angles, whether it is if a buster screen's on the field, blitz him. We haven't seen it enough this season, and at the times that we have seen it, it's actually kind of worked. Do that because Patrick Mahomes, with a clean pocket and those fast weapons that he has, at everywhere you look, that's just a recipe for a recipe for disaster. Sorry for um, this Bears defense, but yeah, I think the game plan—you have to be aggressive 
if you're Chuck Pagano because you know Andy Reid is going to be aggressive. He's going to take plenty of deep shots. So I have to have two safeties over the top usually at most times because at any point he's going to call that deep shot. Patrick Mahomes going to identify it and just launch the football. So I'd say be, be aggressive and blitz. Yeah, and that's unfortunate that that has to be the case because, of course, it's going to open you up for vulnerabilities and coverage if you don't get there. And this is the game where you really wish that we can find a way to get pressure with just four because you need every guy in coverage. But unfortunately, we already know that the Bears have had uh, the inability to get any consistent rush from their front four. So you're going to have to bring in you know extra guys. And when you do, like I said, I just have a hunch that – Mahomes is smart enough to recognize where it's coming from. They're going to do a quick change at the line of scrimmage and move a guy uh, right into that you know voided area wherever the blitzer is coming from, and we're going to be uh, you know in a bad position for it. <laughs> um, it's hard to be elegant when it's just so simple sometimes. But uh, is there anything else on uh, either the Chiefs on offense or the Bears on defense this week? I think that Andy Reid. I think we're going to see what you know, an offense could look like in Chicago through Andy Reid's play calling and through the playmakers that are really out there. And for us who are going to be there in person, well, it's going to make us just feel awful because that, because the Bears offense is so bad that when we were watching, you know, this Chiefs offense and how it can be officially run, I think it just fans of the Bears are going to feel like, man, I wish you, you just kind of wish. But that's just the last note. I think the they just have so many playmakers and they know how to execute it well. That's why these this team can you know realistically compete uh, to go to a Super Bowl, obviously go to the Ravens and things like that. But, yeah, I just think that's what we're going to come away with after the game on Sunday. Yeah, it's always good to look up at your big brother and <laughs> figure out what you can do better next time, I suppose. But uh, for me, looking at red zone and third down, uh, looking at third down first, the Bears defense still in the top 10, but they are kind of slowly moving down. Uh, they're eighth in the NFL at 35% allowed. Uh, the Chiefs on offense are the fifth best third down offense, moving the sticks on 46% of their third downs faced on the year. And moving to the red zone, the Bears defense, middle of the pack, allowing touchdowns on only 50% or on 50%. And then the Chiefs on offense, they do rank 24th in the red zone, which is a very uh, big narrative right now in Kansas City. The Chiefs have a hard time scoring in the red zone. And with all their playmakers, uh, it's quite confusing. I'm going to attribute it to the lack of a running game because when you're in the condensed area of the field, you can't unleash all the speed that those guys have, and they're not really worrying about any sort of run threat, such as my hunch. But it doesn't mean they can't score uh, because the Chiefs score on 48% of all their drives, which is the second most in the NFL, only behind the Baltimore Ravens. All right, so I'm going to find out who has the edge. I'm up first. I got that Chiefs offensive line versus that Bears pass rush. Yeah, I gave myself a cakewalk, Nick, so you're welcome. Uh, looking at this one, Mahomes, he's only been sacked 16 times this season. That's the combination of his mobility, uh, the pretty good scheme that gets the ball out quick, and a pretty decent offensive line as well. All this is easily enough to give the edge over the Bears pass rush. Again, very inconsistent. Although I'm going to say they're inconsistent, and that's been a word I've been using I'm starting to say they are consistent, and they're just consistently ineffective, that Bears <laughs> pass rush now. So for me, they've been absent more times than they have been present. The Chiefs have been a good, doing a good job of protecting the quarterback, and Mahomes is great at getting away from any pressure that may come in. So an easy one here for the Chiefs. Over to you, Nick. Chiefs ground game versus that Bears run defense. I think I gave you another easy one, too. That is an easy one, Well, I think looking at what the Chiefs like to do, and which is pass. Finally. A bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. 
Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. That's the football. They're not really a run-first team, and I don't know if they're going to establish that in the game against the Bears. I think they would like to experiment and see if they can get a running game because, like you said, it's probably maybe impacting some of the things that they're not doing well in the red zone. But, yeah, not in this matchup. I still like Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman up there. Eddie Goldman, uh, props to him for being an alternate in the Pro Bowl. But I like the Bears' run defense, but... Yeah, that's probably the only, you know, uh, credit that I'm going to give the Bears on this one. All right. Chiefs pass game, Bears secondary. We're going back to Kansas City, right? We have to. They just have so many weapons, Will, and it's, you know. And you got to also count for the Bears have had some miscommunication in the secondary for, you know, really all season. So any one of those kind of happened, Mahomes is going to exploit it. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned weapons. I want to go back to the first one of pass rush. The lack of it is going to really hurt. So, uh, easy one. Uh, so, moving on. X-Factor <laughs> time. Uh, who do you have for an X-Factor? I think uh, you may have kind of alluded to this when we we're talking about matchups with the players that you're paying attention to, but you can solidify it. Yeah, so I think in this one, Travis Kelsey's going to be huge. So, if the Bears are going to have... Any way of stopping this Chiefs offense, it has to come from one of the inside linebackers. I think Kevin Pierre-Lewis will actually be the guy that's more so in coverage in this one. Uh, I know Nick Nick Kwiatkowski's been doing better in that aspect of his game, but I think Kevin Pierre-Lewis is just right now the better, you know, pass coverage linebacker. And I think he's going to have to play, you know, a really, really sound, effective game if you're going to try and limit what Travis Kelsey can do but look there's really really good linebackers in this league who Travis Kelsey has just made you know look silly and they had Chris Harris last week in Denver a DB a small cornerback on Travis Kelsey just because of his coverage ability but then the size difference comes into the equation so really x-factor whoever's guarding Kelsey do your your best but I don't really expect much Understood. I think it's clear and obvious that if Prince of Mukamara plays, he's the X factor just due to, you know, his recent struggles and I think he can be easily exploited by their by their offense. But uh I don't anticipate him playing and if he does, that's a to me that's a big mistake on Chicago's end. I've already mentioned that. But for me, I'm gonna go Buster Screen. Uh, I really think that he's gonna have uh, he's gonna see a lot of Tyreek Hill. He's gonna see a lot of Sammy Watkins Watkins. He's gonna see a lot of Hardman as well. He's gonna see a lot of different players thrown at him. And so, so someone who can't really get into a groove who I think is going to be heavily targeted uh, if he struggles with this test, then I think the whole defense will struggle. And if he doesn't struggle and if he can stand up to it, it will poise a little resistance for Kansas City, which, again, I do envision the Bears playing okay against this offense. Uh, I think they can hold them. I think teams have shown that you don't always have to allow Kansas City to score 30-plus points on you. However, I do think Buster Screen is going to be one of the players that we live or die by this week. So I think you and I can sum it up and say it's the secondary. Yeah, I would say so. Big, big uh, day from the secondary would be huge for the Bears defense come Sunday night. For sure. All right, let's go ahead. Let's turn our attention to the Bears offense. I was able to move the ball last week and able to sustain some multiple lengthy drives, but they really struggled in one very important department, and that's scoring points. 
So let's go ahead and take a look at the Bears passing attack. Mitch is coming off a game in which he threw the ball over 50 times. That's a number that you never really want to see in the box score for Mitch. Uh, and to be frank, I don't want to see it again this week, but it may be a game where he's going to be asked to throw a ton of times as well. The Chiefs enter the game with the 11th best defense against the pass in terms of yards allowed. They've allowed the 10th least touchdowns to the air, and they have have 14 interceptions as a unit, uh, which is the sixth most in the NFL. Now, Mitch is going up against a very good passing defense, and when that happens, that doesn't typically yield great results, Nick. And you can look at the game like the Cowboys game, and you can use that as a, a good example that it's not always the case. Mitch won't always struggle, but he typically does. So I want to know, what challenges do you see that Kansas City secondary presenting Mitch, and what's your confidence that QB10 can overcome these obstacles? Yeah, so I think in looking at the Chiefs, I think the maybe the stigma around the league is that they don't have a good defense. It's just all Patrick Mahomes in the offense. Well, that's not the case over there. It's it really isn't. They've been playing they're you know, the past couple past month really, they've been playing some good football on the defensive side. And I think it's because there has been you know, a resurgence of their pass rush to kind of maybe speed up the mental clock in quarterbacks' heads. But um, looking at just, like, their secondary, there's a couple of guys, like we were talking before the show started, Brashad Breeland, uh, the cornerback for the Chiefs, he's a guy that's obviously not been, uh, I guess, stable. He hasn't been on a roster uh, at the end of last year because, again, his play has dictated that. And when I look back at the Chiefs game, because the Denver Broncos game, what they were doing offensively didn't really show me much, but the Chief, or the, the Patriots were able to kind of point at him as being like the weak point. They drew a pass interference call on the very first drive of the game. We're able to get, uh, obviously, a big play out of that. But it's because, again, he doesn't do the best job of looking back to the football. Maybe that's an opportunity where you can get Allen Robinson, throw a jump ball, that back shoulder fade, and Mitch Trubisky has shown that he can connect with that. But I think just looking at the Chiefs in general on defense, they can apply pressure with a few of their players on there, and Clark is the one guy that I'm looking at that the Bears got to really be worried about. But there are some some guys like Breland that maybe you can exploit. But again, they are playing a little bit. They are playing better than what most people think in the past month or so. Yeah, I mean, this is a defense that, like you said, uh, the Chiefs that are on a four-game winning streak, and a big part of it is that defense holding teams uh, primarily to 20 points or less, it looks like, over this last month. And you know what, Nick? 20 points or less. That sounds like the slogan of this Bears offense this season. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm no, not- it really does. Yeah, it's not it's not pretty. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, we'll talk about some of these matchups, but it does does this have is this a game that you think Mitch can or will struggle in uh, against this defense? What kind of game are you envisioning for Mitch? I just, sometimes it's hard to tell. It's a coin flip, but I'm just curious of your thought. What Mitch? Because we're gonna be there in attendance. So, what Mitch are we gonna see? You know, I'm I'm look I'm putting all everything factoring into this game right now. He's going to see Mahomes probably have success. Puts a little bit more pressure on Mitch to go out there and try to score on certain drives, maybe making, you know, not the best, uh, you know, mental plays. I don't know. I'm just not right now. I'm not envisioning. And right now I'm not envisioning a good game for Mitch Trubisky. And look, they've held they held the Broncos to three points last week. They held the Patriots to 16 and they held the Raiders to nine points. Again, the quarterback play. And all from all those teams has been pretty spotty throughout the season, but you could say the same thing about Mitch. He has been very spotty in his place. So I don't know what make makes me confident that he's going to go out there and ball. If they're playing his own defense, 
which Green Bay did a majority of the time, and they had about six DBs out there primarily, then the it goes in the Chiefs' favor because the Bears love to run 11 personnel and have three wide receivers out there. That's going to be, again, a favor for the Chiefs if they're running zone because Trubisky has shown that he just doesn't know how to read a field effectively. So I'm not envisioning a very good game for Mitch. I hope, of course I hope I'm wrong. I want to see a good game come Sunday, but I'm just not seeing it happening right now. Yeah, and I think that, you know, if they are going to play a lot of nickel, a lot of dime on that defense, one thing the Bears need to be able to do, which they weren't able to do last week, is run the football. And we'll discuss whether or not we expect the Bears to uh, succeed on the ground. But first, uh, we do need to call another timeout to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? The real question is how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. In an industry that tends to be stagnant, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. So why is SeatGeek better than the rest? Well, a quick look at the app store shows over 50,000 five-star reviews. Now, how's that for customer satisfaction? SeatGeek breaks down the details. The green dots are the good deals, and the red dots are, well, simply tickets that are overpriced. And every purchase on SeatGeek is fully guaranteed, so you can go ahead and shop with confidence. Uh, we have the SeatGeek apps on our phone. It's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets over the years. Uh, in fact, this is the app that we use to buy our tickets for this upcoming game, Bears Chiefs. And if you're looking to potentially join us at this game, Definitely check out SeatGeek. I looked uh, right before we went live, and there are still a few amazing deals left. So if you want to root on the Bears here in primetime uh, with Nick and I, definitely check out SeatGeek as they have the tickets for you. And on top of that, they will get you $10 off your first purchase, and all you need to do, use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code BEARS for $10 off on your first purchase. That promo code, again, is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, and that unlocks you $10 off your first purchase. Alrighty, you're listening to Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, and we are previewing this Week 16 matchup against the Bears and the Chiefs, and it's time to take a look at that Bears running game, which I'm calling a bad versus bad matchup right now because the Bears' rushing attack is... and the Chiefs' run defense isn't much better. Both teams, they've struggled with the respective aspect of the game. Uh, I don't want to, or even I feel like I don't even need to, go into the numbers for the Bears' offense. Uh, We know they're toward the bottom of the barrel, and, well, just trust your gut. Use your eye test here. Now, for the Chiefs, they've allowed the seventh most rushing yards this season at 1,842. They allow five yards per carry this year as well. I would give the defense some credit, though. They've allowed less than 100 yards rushing in four of their last six. A lot of their struggles came earlier in this season, but the defense has gotten better for Kansas City. So, Nick, what are going to be your expectations this week for the Bears rushing attack against this defense? Uh, I really don't have any, to be completely honest. (laughs) Look, I think the problem, even if Matt Nagy does call the right play, uh, right running play, uh, for the Bears' offense right now, they just don't have the guys that are executing executing the play. Quite frankly, when you look at that right side offensive line, Rashad Coward's getting beat. It's it's plain and simple. He's just not able to hold up his end right now. And you even go to the guy right next to him, you know, Lucas at the right tackle. It's just becoming a liability at that side. And if you can't run one direction, 
because you know that you guys are going to get beat, you know that the Chiefs know that they're going to really focus on maybe guarding one side better than the other. And even like James Daniels at times, look, he's making like the r- proper block, but another guy is giving up you know, too much inside pressure affecting the play, affecting where the guys need to pull. So even if Nagy somehow, some way, you know, a miracle calls the right play, it's not being executed by the front, you know, the front guys right now. So that's a problem, Will. So even there's some capable playmakers that the Chiefs have on the defensive side. And I mentioned like Frank Clark being one of them. You also have Reggie Ragland as a linebacker who's a good flowing guy, obviously being a first round pick and having to switch teams here. But you have guys that are capable, and just right now, how the Bears are execute or the lack of execution is just creating so much more, you know, hard situations for this Bears offense. That going into this one, I know the Bears would like to establish the run, but they just haven't shown that they could all season. I really think now, at this point in the season, it's just the players that they have up front are not executing their you know their jobs to the full of their capability so that's a really big issue for the bears offense and really the rushing attack well hopefully they're (laughs) not blocking to their full capability and if they are then we do have a bigger problem on our hand but i'm with you nick i mean we're at the point of the season where i mean we're playing for nothing right now besides uh, you know, a consolation prize, getting guys geared up for 2020, finishing the season strong. This has been one area that I've been, you know, I couldn't live without, which is talking about the Bears rushing deck because it's been non-existent. You rarely see David Montgomery get a chance to take over a game, and I don't really think that's much on Montgomery. Like you said, it's primarily the guys up front, and they haven't been executing to the degree that we need for the Bears to succeed, and Against the Chiefs, like I said, uh, four of their last six are allowing less than 100 yards total uh, per game on the ground. We're 29th in run- running. Like We're not going to find success. And if we do, I mean, the saying goes, you know, a blind acorn can find a nut every now and then. This would be our nut, which sounds weird saying now on the podcast, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> And I think you said a blind acorn can find a nut. So that would be you know, even more impressive. <laughs> so you know the saying that I thought I had, I was wrong on. You know it's a blind squirrel. I don't think yes. I want to say squirrel because it hurts that tongue that I bit. Oh, that's right. So, But, yes, I do know the saying. Um, and, yeah, I, at this point in the season, the Bears are who they are, and that's a team that has no idea how to run the football. And I think they have the running backs to do it, but they just don't have – the offensive line right now to really execute anything that Matt Nagy wants to do. And look, Matt Nagy's also a part of the problem, not just trying to put it, pinpoint it all on the offensive line. And sometimes when Mitch Trubisky's given the ball in the RPO, he should be pulling it. So it's a culmination of a bunch of things. But when you really look at it, the bigger scope of things, it's the offensive line is just not executing well. Yeah, it's as simple as that. And it's been the story all season. And we'll go ahead and figure it out from here. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm not going to say, well, if only they block and they block this guy and they block that guy, they'll establish a run. I, that would be wasting our time. It would. And you know what? And going back to what we were kind of the common theme of giving guys opportunities, you put, you play in Alex bars at some point in this game, oh. because what's the point uh, this, this offense can't do much right at this point in the season. And you know, Rashad Coward is not the answer moving forward. Get Alex Bars in the game. See what the man can do at right guard. Give him an opportunity. I know you want to obviously put the best out there to protect Mitch, but this is a great opportunity to get Alex Bars some actual game reps, some meaningful game reps, because he could be maybe a possibility 
for the the replacements for the right guard. Why not? It doesn't hurt at this point in the season. You have nothing to lose. Just get him some opportunities at some point in this game. Well, I'll tell you one thing, and I'm pretty damn confident about this. Alex Bars is better than Rashad Coward. Like, there's no way Alex Bars, who which at one point was one of the top offensive lineman prospects before he had a bad knee injury, is worse off than the converted defensive nose tackle Rashad <laughs> Coward, who ended up transitioning to right tackle now playing right guard. There's just no way. Like, Alex Bars is the better football player, and maybe they're saving him for next season just due to the knee, and they want him to have that year to take over for Kyle Long officially. But at the same time, like you said, Nick, like there's two games left. Like, let's go. Let's see what he got. Let's see what he has. Okay. Well, I'm going to move on here. I thought you may have had one more thing. No, I'm I'm so tired of talking about this Bears rushing attack because uh, it should have been good this season. You have Harry Heastan as your coach. You have a guy that has, you know, done this consistently for years to come. And, you know, that was a group. Coming into this season, even last year, that was the most had the most continuity, but it's been arguably the biggest disappointment. So, I'm sorry that I had no response, but that that unit has just disappointed you, me, all Bears fans all season. They shouldn't get any more. They shouldn't get talked about unless they go for unless they go off this game, of course. But I doubt it happens. Yeah, me too. We'll move on. We're going to rip it off like a Band-Aid and just move on forward. Up matchups. I'll go ahead and begin. I think Chris Jones, uh, right there in that interior defensive line for the Chiefs, he's a big problem. He's a great pass rusher. He can disrupt any play. Leads the team with 50 pressures. He has seven sacks, 13 quarterback hits. He's by far the best player up front for Kansas City. It's unfortunate he's going to be lining up against uh, Whitehair and you know Rashad Coward. So that's going to be a big matchup to watch. And you mentioned Frank Clark as well. He's going to have a lot of Leno Jr. And Clark's another good two-way defender, strong at getting after quarterbacks, very good against a run. He has 38 pressure, six sacks this year. Leads all guys up front with 16 run stops as well. Three forced fumbles, 10 tackles for a loss. I'm not going to go and explain why Leno Jr. has been not playing to the same level that he has in years past. We know that. But this is another big matchup in my mind. How about you? Any matchups? doesn't have to be, of course, in the trenches. It can be anywhere uh, that you're paying attention to between the Bears on offense and the Chiefs defense. You know what? Uh, just to hit on Frank Clark real quick, I mean, this is a guy that can generate a lot of pop when he comes off that line of scrimmage and knows how to, again, get a good um, – just get off the snap effectively. And I think you've seen the Bears tackles. You've seen the Bears guards just kind of struggle at doing that, being able to handle a guy that can really generate some force up front. But another guy that you really have to worry about, and because he is a guy that's very versatile, is Tyron Matthews. So I'm looking at him, what he was where he was lining up actually against the the Patriots, he was on Julian Edelman and man-to-man coverage a lot of the time. So bringing that safety down because he is obviously a smaller guy, but he's versatile. And when you look in this matchup, I would expect them to put Tyron Matthew on an Anthony Miller, not trying to put one of their other DBs, inexperienced DBs, on a guy like Anthony Miller. They're going to put a veteran, a savvy veteran, like a Tyron Matthew on Anthony Miller. I know he's been on a good stretch for the past couple games, Miller, but that's going to be a good matchup. And I think the Chiefs are obviously going into this one feeling confident about it because of the player that Matthew is. So that's another one that I'm watching out for. Obviously, he can also come on the blitz. He's shown that before. Um, It's just a very good – he's been a very good – consistent player despite his size in this league and so I think the Bears uh, obviously are going to know and account for him on every play but that's a guy that I'm going to be watching out for 
And don't forget, too, depending on the week, you will see Kyle's brother, Kendall, as the nickelback as well. They do slide him in. And so for me, I'm watching that one versus Miller and Robinson. Nick, I don't know if you know this, but both A-Rob and Anthony Miller are top 15 slot receivers in the NFL, both of them. You know, I mean, it gives them more space to work work with. Obviously, they go with a matchup that's more favorable. That doesn't surprise me because, again, they're good wide receivers. They know how to get open. But, yeah, it, again, it's, that's I guess that's a positive for Matt Nagy, showing that at least he's putting them in spots that they have shown success at. But that's about it. Yeah, uh, those two combined, uh, Robinson and Miller, 42 slot catches, six touchdowns. To me, just feels like a matchup that you need to keep continuing to exploit. I want to know your thoughts. Uh, they did bring in, the Chiefs did, uh, Terrell Suggs. Do you expect him to play this week and make an impact? Um. So, yeah, I actually do. Terrell Suggs is a veteran passer. He wanted to come to a team. I think his options were either the Chiefs, the Ravens, and I'm forgetting the third one. But he wanted to go to a Super Bowl contending team. So whenever he does get his opportunities to rush the passer, and that's what he's going to be asked to do, yeah, you have to worry about Terrell Sucks. That's a Hall of Fame player coming in, and when you have the tackles that the Bears do and the offensive line that the Bears have right now, you have to account for a guy like that, especially he, he's a he's a vet. He knows exactly how to get to opposing quarterbacks. He knows what works, and you have some you know capable guys around him. Yeah, you have to definitely account for Terrell Suggs whenever he gets his opportunities on Sunday night. All right, so let's put it all together now, uh, Mr. Nag. I mean, Mr. Moriano. Huh, see? See what I did there? I don't, I don't want to be associated with Nagy. That's an insult, Will. <laughs> Not the response I thought when I put a subtle joke in my notes. <laughs> However, I want you to make a game plan, and maybe we'll be better than Matt Nagy's. I want to know, what will you do if you were you know, uh, putting up the X's and O's to kind of put the Bears in a position to hopefully succeed? You know what, Will? Actually watching, in, so watching back the Bears-Packers game film, the Bears, and credit to Kevin Fishbane for really pointing this out, the Bears only had three design plays where the pocket was moving and Mitch Trubisky was getting outside and actually moving and throwing on the run. On those three plays, Will, completed a pass for 33 yards, 34 yards, and 17 yards. The rest of the time, Mitch was asked to be in the pocket and look through a defense, try to decipher where to go with the ball against the zone. You're telling – I think the game plan should be move the damn pocket more. Why is that so hard for Matt Nagy to get? I get it. You're limiting the field. You're limiting the options. Well, look, the three times that they've actually done it, according to Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic, he completes big plays. It just – I think it's just – it makes so much sense that I just don't know – I don't understand why the Bears aren't doing it. I want to see Mitch on the run. I want to see him get outside the pocket. I want to see him use his legs. Matt Nagy is trying to make him a pocket passer. It clearly isn't working. Just let him play loose, play free, be on the run. That's where he's shown the most success. I think that's the recipe. If I'm making a game plan, obviously I'm not making every play like that because you can't do that. But incorporate more play action, more deep drops where you're actually rolling the pocket and getting Mitch Trubisky in favorable positions because clearly Matt Nagy only doing that three times in a game where what Mitch Trubisky dropped back 52 53 times that's that's inexcusable for to be completely honest mm-hmm. so I think that's what he has to do in this game get him outside the pocket that's inexcusable knowing Mitch's strengths and really if it was 
any quarterback who is asked to throw that many times and it's strictly, you know, three to five, you know, maybe some seven-step drops and you're just straight in the pocket, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I just rocked my computer while I was doing that too, which I was like, please don't fall down. But is there anything else? Actually, hold on. Before I ask you if there's anything else on either side, I agree with everything you said uh, for success. The one other addition will be taking care of the football. Uh, just be, I mean, that's an obvious one, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is the Chiefs' defense have the 10th most turnovers. Uh, they have nine takeaways on defense in this current four-game winning streak, and anytime you turn that ball over and you give Patrick Mahomes a short field and an extra possession, you're really lowering your chances of winning this football game. So no turnovers or at least limiting the turnovers. Maybe just that first-quarter interception that Nick likes to bring up to kind of get that fire under Mitch and – We'll be in good shape. But is there anything else? Bears offense, Chiefs defense that you wanted to bring up? You know, in this game, I think Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky, they they want to play. If there's one game where they play absolute best, they want to be this one because of all the storylines that are going to be happening in this one. But just be aggressive. We have not seen the Nagy of 2018 where, look, maybe you put some defensive players on the offense. You have some trickery at some point. What do you have to lose at this point of the season? You want to obviously win football games. Let it loose. Just let it loose, Matt Nagy. Show show Andy Reid what you've taught him and then some. Because you know Andy Reid's going to bring a great game plan. They're still obviously fighting for playoff positioning in the AFC. So with this game, be, just let it loose. Like I said, put Mitch outside the pocket. Put some trick plays in there. We haven't seen them all, all season. We know the regular plays don't work. Why not try some trick plays? It wouldn't hurt you offensively. So I think that's just my last tidbit on offense. If I was a coach, if I had to you know, put my input in this one, that's what I would do. Maybe Matt Nagy should you know, adopt some of those strategies, and maybe it'll work for him. Maybe. Uh, looking <laughs> at red zone and third down, uh, the Bears offense in a red zone, 58%, which is 16th, only 33% a week ago, one for three down there. The Chiefs defense, if you want to look over the last three weeks, they're the best defense in the red zone over the last three weeks, only allowing offenses to score touchdowns on 25% of their trips in the red zone. And if you want to know what second place is, it's 43%. So they have it by a large margin. So uh, for the Bears offense, it's been very inconsistent in the red zone this year. Uh, That number worries me. And on third down, the Bears offense, 50% over the last three games, third best in the NFL. So we're picking up some good third down offense here. And then the Chiefs over their last three is down to a 28.6% conversion rate, which is the second best for all defenses over the last three weeks. So it's going to be a really interesting battle there in third down between uh, our offense and that defense. And of course, red zone, watch out. So we're really going to need to be on top of our A game there. But Nick, who has the edge? I'm going to give you that Chiefs pass rush versus the Bears offensive line. Got to go with the Chiefs' pass rush. Um, the Bears' offensive line just has, you know, a lack of not. I guess playmakers would be the right word. Capable players right now that can um, one execute the plays properly and just give their quarterback enough time. And if they're not moving the pocket, they're not helping out Mitch Trubisky or the offensive line. So I'll give it to the Bear or the Chiefs' pass rush. Oh, I thought you were going to give it to the Bears. <laughs> Not this time. Not this time. Okay, just checking. I'm going to give myself Chiefs run defense, Bears a ground game. I'm going to go with the Chiefs run defense here. I mentioned earlier a lot of their struggles this year, and that's why the season-long statistics are a little skewy, uh, is that 
those struggles came in the early part of the season. They've been very good lately, three straight weeks, keeping teams under 100. Uh, sure, you know, a game against the Patriots, Broncos, and Raiders, all three of those teams are average when it comes to running the football in the 15, 16, 17 range. But I said it. The Bears are below average, 29th. So there's no reason to think. I <laughs> know it's ridiculous uh, that the Bears have the edge here. So Chiefs secondary, Nick, versus Bears passing attack. I think this is an easy one, but maybe not so easy, or am I just being slightly hopeful? Um, I don't know if it's an easy one, but I will give the edge to to the Bears receiving game and what they're doing just on that side of the ball. I think we've seen Anthony Miller really take off, obviously Allen Robinson, but that's that's really it that we're seeing out of the positions out there. You know that the Bears don't have any sort of threat at the tight end position. They are very reluctant to really use their running backs on deeper routes in the passing game, which I think, again, is just something that is inexcusable on Matt Nagy's part. So I'm going to give the slight edge because the Bears have to do something. You would think they would have to do something offensively against the Chiefs. So slight edge to the Bears, but this is not a very definitive one. Well, we get to share this one. I'm going to the Chiefs because they have 14 picks this year. They allow the sixth lowest passer rating allowed and only six yards allowed per attempt. I don't know, Nick. I just don't know how that's really in our best of interests looking at <laughs> those stats. But uh, X-Factor time is going to be your X-Factor for the offense. I think in this one, you have to really look at Mitch Trubisky being the X-Factor. I mean, I think uh, any week you look at this Bears offense, it's Mitch Trubisky, whether or not he makes the right plays, if he's getting you know outside the pocket. But I want to see him, and I think where he can have success for himself in the offense is if he just extends plays with his legs. We didn't see enough of that against Green Bay, and that's and really the offense had no type of offense in the first half. Um, but I want to see Mitch Trubisky do a little bit more with his legs in this one. Design plays, not just you know off script because there's you know pressure that's going to be in his face. Off design plays by Matt Nagy. Uh, I think Mitch and his running aspect is going to be big in this one. If the Bears want to establish anything, any type of drives, put up any kind of points. And the only reason, really, I take that Bears um, passing attack because I think I have more faith in that than the Bears rushing attack, which, again, is not very good whatsoever. Understood. For me, X-Factor, I'm going to go with A-Rob because he's going to garner attention no matter where he's lined up, uh, but he needs to have production in this game. It took him a while to get going last week, but once the offense was finally get him involved, uh, they're able to move that ball much more effectively. And where we really need Robinson to come in clutch is in the... Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Red Zone. Uh, he is tied with the third most Red Zone receiving touchdowns in the league this season. He has six but only one target for him in the red zone last week, despite three red zone trips. That's not enough. That is not enough for Allen Robinson. I mentioned Kansas City has the best red zone defense over their last three weeks, so it's going to be a challenge. So don't get too cute and get the Pro Bowl snub some looks, and I think he'll reward us if you do. But 
That's it for the X Factor. That's going to do it for this Bears offense, Chiefs defensive talk. And before we get into our weekly predictions, Nick, anything in the third phase? Third phase, um, I think, uh, obviously, Eddie Pinheiro is always something to watch out for. I know earlier this week he went to Soldier Field to practice just kicking in the cold. That's eh, great to hear. It doesn't really mean anything come Sunday. But, yeah, just want to see if the Bears can, if they get opportunities to kick field, field goals, if he'll make them. And then Cordell Patterson did make the Pro Bowl as well. I want to see him still as a, you know, do his thing as a gunner because he's actually been really fun to watch on that, uh, you know, aspect of the game. And, yeah, that's really about it for, for special teams in this one. Yeah, I mean, when he gets to two games left and there's nothing to play for, it's like, <laughs> I mean, granted, I'm not going to underrate special teams, but, yeah, we'll move forward here. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's do some predictions. We're running a little long, longer than I even thought we would, too. So time for our bold prediction. I'll kick it off. I'm going to have both Fullers will have a takeaway in this game. And on top of that, Kendall Fullers is going to come off a pass that hits Anthony Miller in the hands first. That is very specific, and if that happens, you know, I'll definitely applaud you on that. Um, my bold prediction, it's every single Bears game, every single game I've seen Mitch in, he's thrown three touchdowns or more so far. I know I just ripped the Bears offense. Yes, are you trying to think about it? He threw three touchdowns against the Dolphins. I went when he went to Tampa Bay. I was just there for, oh, wait, no, the Packers mm-hmm. game. Uh, I think it's There's two. another one, too. Which one? Uh, Bears, uh, Bears, Panthers. He played in that one. Uh, it wasn't. Well, what did wasn't <laughs> oh, he? Never mind. Just blow it all out of her. I, <laughs> maybe like the, a... Yeah. Never mind. So my uh, bold prediction then is that Mitch Trubisky is going to throw for three touchdowns. <laughs> I don't know Ooh. how, but I've just been on a. I've been. I would say I've seen a, some of Mitch's better games when I've gone to Soldier Field, which is nice to see. But yeah, I don't know. Three touchdowns in. I'll get to my score. I'm trying to think if he even had three passing attempts in that game. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was seven, actually. Yeah, we saw like seven passes. The game went by quick. The clock wreck ever. It was a great game from Eddie Jackson. I remember that. But yeah, nothing from Mitch. Well, I completely forgot we went to that game. Wow. Uh, I mean, great time, though, now that I'm actually remembering it, I guess. Yeah, we'll we'll use remembering in air quotes. (laughs) Yeah. All right, uh, so we have our bold predictions out of the way. Let's go ahead. MVB, I'll kick it off just because I've been rolling. I'm going back to Allen Robinson. I don't know if it's because he was snubbed in a Pro Bowl and I'm just a little irritated by it, and I think he is as well, and I think he'll use these last two weeks to you know, make it, you know, I should have been in the Pro Bowl. Again, it's a popularity contest, not a huge deal. However, the guy deserves it. So he's going to play hungry. He should have some opportunities. Like I mentioned, he's the engine that kind of makes it go. And I believe the last time that I predicted him to be the MVB, he actually was the MVB. So I'll do it again. He's going to lead the team in catches, receiving yards, first downs gained, one touchdown coming in the red zone. And I think I said almost the same thing last time, and it came to fruition. So, fingers crossed, I can make magic happen twice. How about you, Nick? Who's going to be your MVB prediction? I'm going to go with Khalil Mack. We have not heard enough of Khalil Mack. Will, I don't even think we mentioned his name the entire podcast up until this point. And that's a problem. We need to see Khalil Mack start to impact games at the level that we all know he can. I understand Double, you know, double teams, triple teams. They're not even running his way. They're obviously getting the ball out quick. I understand that, and I, I recognize that is affecting his game. But he is Khalil freaking Mack. He needs to start making impact plays, 
you know, at least speed up Mahomes' internal clock to where he knows he can't hold the football very long and just get to the quarterback. So I think he'll be the MVP. He'll come. It's Sunday night football. This is where you usually see Mac make his best plays, make his impact plays, those strip sack fumbles. We need to see that because, again, he was not, he was a non factor against Green Bay last week. I honestly, I forgot that he was out there, which is a problem. So MVP is going to be Cleo Mac in this one. Okay. Uh, I don't want to go into the whole Khalil Mack debate. I can't wait to actually start talking about that more big picture in the offseason with you as well. But game prediction time, Nick. Uh, just two more games to predict, and I'm curious what you believe the final score will be. And then, of course, we'll get into our confidence meter and final thought. But first, what's going to be the score? Yeah, so my bold prediction has no correlation with the actual score is going to be <laughs> of this game. So I'm being realistic now. I've uh, been riding the Bears bandwagon for a while. Uh, but no, not this time. Uh, I know we'll be there, Will, but I don't see the Bears coming out with the victory in this one. I think the Bear- the Chiefs just have too much offensively, and that's putting a lot of strain on the Bears' defense. And the Bears' offense has not been good to start games, and if you get behind, not good. So I'm going to give the Chiefs get 27, Bears 13. Okay, 27-13. I, I think we all know that I'm going to choose the Chiefs. We've I think people can tell with the tone of our voice how we're framing these conversations. It's not, oh, this is how the Bears are going to win. It's literally, well, (laughs) do they have a chance? It's been kind of the feeling I'm getting for our conversation here. Uh, So just rip it off like a Band-Aid. Chiefs 24, Bears 17. So I'm a little closer than you. I think that's the optimism uh, or the optimist in me uh, because I can easily see this one even being like Chiefs 31, Bears 10. And then honestly, 10 is gracious uh, with his (laughs) offense so i'm hopeful to see at least three scores from this team Uh, we'll see how it goes but last thing we need to do nick confidence meter and our final thoughts so how confident are you uh in the bears chances to win not how confident are you in your pick yeah i was about to say i always get confused with this for some reason um confidence that the bears will win i have it as a three right now i don't i just don't see it happening it's just not a good matchup especially if the Bears can't score early in this one. When you have an offense on the other side that knows how to put up points. And it's there see the thing is, maybe this game's close, but they're still playing for something. They're actually playing for something. The Bears are playing mm-hmm. for maybe pride, but no, the Chiefs maybe. are playing yeah, maybe at this point in the season, but they're playing for a playoff spot positioning and just momentum going into the postseason. What really matters. The Bears are there obviously at home. There's something to play for, but I give it a three right now that the Bears can actually win because the Chiefs are going to come into Soldier Field hungry and ready for a victory. Yeah, they are. My confidence meter, I have it at a 4.6. True Bears fans know where I'm getting that number from. But regardless, uh, the Chiefs are a very good team. Uh, They're attempting to play their best football here late in December, gear up for another playoff run, earn themselves a first week bye in the playoffs as well. And I just have a hunch. Andy Reid, he's going to have the upper hand on Matt Nagy. Mahomes will find more success against our defense than Trubisky is going to find against theirs. Uh, the Bears will need to play a very sound, nearly perfect game to beat the Chiefs, one that has complementary football with all three phases needing to be in sync. 
Don't know if the Bears know how to really do that this season. It's been rare when we've seen it done. And honestly, I just don't see how the Bears will score enough points in this one to hang around. I bet our defense will keep it close and maybe even closer than you and I think it is. But the offense, they just, they just don't have the firepower uh, to kind of keep up. And Kansas City defense, all like the 10th least points scored against an offense that ranks 26th in points scored. Doesn't really instill any further The Nick, your face was perfect. No confidence whatsoever. So maybe Nagy has a trick or two up his sleeve, but I don't think he will. And if he does, I doubt that it will be a difference maker in this game. The Chiefs are a better team. The Chiefs are a better coach team. And they still have something to play for. And I think that's really what it boils down to here this week. Nick, I can't wait to see you, man. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Will it always is when we get we you know get the opportunity to get together. One last thing: the Bears only win if the Chiefs uh, all their equipment goes on the wrong plane, goes to San Francisco or something. They have to forfeit. Like that almost happened a couple weeks ago. It's kind of funny, but I cannot wait until you're here, Will. We always have a great time, and even if the game is bad, we'll find a way to make it enjoyable. We usually do. We usually do. You're <laughs> the Bears Jaguars game four years ago now. <laughs> atrocious game but we had a really good time so i definitely am excited for this weekend and if you are going to be in chicago or if you're going to be at this game and you want to say hi you know let us know on any of our social medias uh send me an email at will at chicago audible.com it's really always is great uh, meeting up and seeing fellow bears fans and of course fans of the show uh next up will be will ingles and his five matchups to watch and the next time you hear from nick and i will be Sometime next week, I think after Christmas. So uh, we're still we're still kind of working out that show schedule with the holidays. But if we don't see you before Christmas, if you celebrate the holiday, a Merry Christmas. If you celebrate any other holidays, I want to wish you a happy holiday as well. Uh, but yeah, until next time, hope you guys enjoy that game on Sunday. No post game show because Nick and I will be at that game. But until next time, take care and of course, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.